What's up, everybody? Dre Peo here on behalf of HamiltonMusician.com, here with a very special guest, Juno-nominated jazz artist, fresh off the release of her new mashup. I am here with Heather Bamberg. How's it going, Heather? Hey, doing well, Dre. How about you? Very good. Um, first off, I want to say congratulations on the Juno nomination. That is really Thank exciting. You. Yeah, very exciting. I have to say, still kind of riding the wave a little bit. It's it's uh, it's mind blowing. Definitely. Um, <laughs> let's get right into some questions. Um, first off, about this mashup, I'm really I really love when artists from one genre cross over and kind of do their own interpretation. And jazz is so great for that. I'm just mm-hmm. curious about the whole process for you and uh, what it was like working with a pop song and, and interpreting it in your own way. Well, the process kind of, it, it started with Matt Dusk when he, uh, he's done this sort of thing before, you know, in previous Junos, uh, for previous Juno Awards. So he said, you know, he wanted to do it and he wanted uh, to invite some of the vocal jazz nominees to uh, to do it with him. So that was kind of a no-brainer. I thought, absolutely. But, you know, like you say, jazz does lend itself well when it comes to rearranging things. And so, you know, I mean, even on, on the record that I've released that's, you know, that's uh, that's up for the award, you know, I, I do a, a Bruce Coburn tune on it, and I do a Newfoundland folk song on it. So, you know, we already know that jazz has that ability to do it, but in trying to do, you know, Drake and Sia and Shawn Mendes and The Weeknd, it was, you know, it was a little, little bit of a different challenge. But it was kind of amazing how well they worked, you know, certain things even more so than others. The, um, the Alessia Cara tune that Barbalika sings on the mashup, it's it's like it was written for that little you know instrumental track that we have going with it, um, which is sort of based on the the uh, feeling good tune that Michael Bublé recorded. So um, it, they they weren't as difficult to um, to reimagine as you might think. And now it's funny because, for example, the Sia tune that 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 I record that I sing on the on the mashup, I almost like it better done with a sting inspired musical background than than on its own, you know? It's just kinda kinda work. So at first you you kinda think to yourself, I don't know this is gonna sound so great and then you listen to it and you think, Wow, that sounds really good. So it was it was really fun sort of hearing it all come together. Yeah, completely. I mean even when I was talking to Matt, we were saying like if there was no title on the video, you would think that this was a, a song in itself. You know, you wouldn't even recognize that, hey, this is an interpretation. Yeah, yeah. And it, it I mean, obviously there would there are certain things that you recognize. The Sting-inspired track is, is very much, you listen to it and you think, oh, yeah, that's, that's Englishman in New York. But it is amazing how well that fits with the other tune. And then it's almost as if they went together seamlessly, as if they... they always sounded that way. Like you say, it's like you're listening to its own unique tune as opposed to something that was mashed up together. Are you a fan or a listener of, like, mainstream top 40 hits? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, some more than others. Um, but, yeah, you know, I I, I'm, I like Alessia Cara. I like some of Shawn Mendes stuff. I, actually, I love The Weeknd, and I actually really like Drake's new record. Um, I'm starting to get a little more into Sia you know, I'm, I'm I'm Ed Sheeran. I love Ed Sheeran stuff. So it's it's this actually has caused me to delve into it even a little bit more because you know when you when you're doing your own thing. When I was sort of immersed in doing the project, it all became about that. It became about my own stuff and 
trying to fix up the arrangements and make sure that we were clear on everything and, you know, listen to the production. And you're going through all of that, so you become immersed in your own stuff to the point where you, you almost don't listen to other stuff um, outside of, of your own music. But um, this sort of got me going more in that direction, so I, I like that, it's, that it's, it has me listen to things. And that's kind of the, almost the point of this mashup is to not only show – you know, the, the versatility of jazz and the inclusivity, but also to develop new audiences. There are people that I'm sure may listen to jazz and may know Matt and Barbie and me from our stuff and may not know Alicia Cara and Sia and The Weeknd. Um, so they may discover that, whereas on the, the flip side of it, you can have people that know Top 40 Pop that may not know jazz, and they may not even know they like jazz until they hear this mashup and go, oh, Oh, I didn't know I like jazz, but that's kind of fun. Yeah, you know what? And I think me coming from more of a pop background, when I first heard this, I was like, you know what? Jazz is super relaxing. Like, I found myself the last few days literally putting on some of Matt's music because he was just the first person I talked to. And it was just Mm -hmm. so nice to just relax and, and, you know, enjoy a nice meal while listening to some jazz music. It's very good for setting yeah. the boot. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, I mean, it, jazz is such a huge umbrella that, you know, you can literally find something under the larger jazz umbrella to do everything. So you've got your, you know, you've got your relaxing, easy listening stuff that will be great for a dinner party or cocktails or something like that. And then you've got, you know, the funkier, the snarky puppy, the Esperanza Spalding stuff that's a little, it's got more R&B elements to it. So that's more of a, you know, that's a different kind of a vibe that it creates. And then, you know, then you've got sort of driving, I don't know, I, first thing I think of is stuff like uh, Manteca, thing with Canadian groups, or, or um, uh, Rick Shadrach Lazar and his group, Montuno Police. And, you know, this that has a different sort of a world music, sort of a, a Latin feel. And same thing with Bebel Gilberto and artists like this that, I mean, literally, I put those on, and I'm, I'm the kind of person where if I'm, you know, going to the gym or if I'm going for, like, a power walk or if I'm going for a run or something, I'm going to need something that's going to be a little more, it's got a little more movement to it. And I don't know that I would sit down and listen to Frank Sinatra doing that stuff, but I'll find something within the jazz world, whether, like I said, it's Gabriel Gilberto or Joshua Redman, and I'll find something that works. So. That's the, I think if people are able to discover this music and know that it's not, it's, you know, it's like, you know, it's not your father's Oldsmobile or your next father's whatever the car was, like drawing a blank, but uh, <laughs> Buick or Oldsmobile or whatever the car was, jazz isn't your grandparents' music. It's, it's really ageless. And, you know, it, while it can appear, it can appeal to your grandparents, it can also appeal to grandchildren. And it, it kind of bridges gaps between generations. And that's the cool thing about it. Well, yeah, and one of the things I was really excited about talking with you is I know that you're very educated on on music in general, working in education, and also Mm -hmm. involved with Jazz FM, and you Mm -hmm. must listen to loads of different types of artists. Is is there someone, like, I'm just curious about your perspective on the Canadian jazz scene in general. Is is there some young jazz artists that you're like, hey, these guys are going to be big, or is there someone that stands out to you, or... Basically, what is in your headphones? As I mean, you mentioned some, but yeah, you, yeah. Is there um, any anyone who stands out to you right now? Um, it's funny. Like you know, Chelsea McBride, I think is is doing some great stuff. She's a young saxophone player and band leader, and she's really creating some interesting things with her group. Um, 
there's, there actually are a lot. It's, I, do, I host one of the shows that I host on Jazz FM is called Jazzology, and what we do is we take students from uh, one of the four post-secondary schools around Toronto, so U of T, Humber, York, and Mohawk, and it's really interesting not only listening to what the, the music is that they bring in, because they, they're bringing in music that influences them and has inspired them, and so you're getting everything from classic stuff to really cutting-edge music. So I get a chance to hear that, the music that's inspiring young musicians, and then I get a chance to hear what they themselves are creating. And I guess by virtue of the fact that we have so many students graduating from so many schools, they really have to look at how they can set themselves apart from other artists. Uh, because we all create our own work in this business, particularly in this style of music. So it's not as if there are big musicals or productions being written and they come up with a part for, you know, a, a, a hard-toned saxophonist. You know, you, you, <laughs> those things aren't written for you, so you got to come up with it yourself. And because of that, these artists are really reinventing themselves, even when they are just in their early 20s. They're already thinking, okay, I like this, so I want to go in this direction. So you're getting people doing things with free jazz, you're getting people doing things with um, vis visual, like the shows have actual visual elements to it. So there are images that are projected onto screens behind them while they play. They're mixing um, hip-hop and, and electronica and trance music in with jazz. So it's, they're, they're really fusing a lot of different styles together, and the styles that they're creating are, are incredibly unique and um, are probably going to end up being subcategories underneath the big jazz genre, you know? Uh, and so that's exciting. So, you know, I, it's hard to really pick a few artists. Um, there's a, a drummer, um, Matt Chalmers, who is incredibly talented when it comes to uh, doing more film and television scoring and that sort of thing. I mean, he's he's brilliant that way. Like I said, Chelsea McBride and and some of these these young uh, young artists that are really doing great things. A young vocalist from from Vancouver called Megan Gillespie, who I think is going to be doing some good things. So yeah, I mean, they're really there's a there's a lot going on and it's and it's exciting. It gives me faith that you know this 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 style of music is never going to die. It's just going to start going off in different directions. Right. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think jazz artists in general are just some of the most diverse artists in music. I mean, the producer I'm working with right now, he originally went to school for jazz and just the way they're able to interpret like producing hip hop or, mm -hmm. or different things is incredible. With, mm -hmm. with your side of, of, again, working with education and the youth, um, what has been kind of a lesson that has stood out to you, one that maybe you taught or, or you preach as, as, as an educator or something that maybe you learned across your journey that you're like, hey, this really helped me out on my journey mm. as an artist? That's, that's a good question. I think um, probably the stress on, on versatility and authenticity probably is the big thing for me. I, I mean... It's funny because Barbie and I were just talking about this earlier today. There's sort of there are different types of musicians that come through the scene, um, of course, and and there is a certain train of thought that you know you should rather than create your own your own unique sound in the sense that you're going to become a superstar because of the sound. There is also a, a way of thinking that um, kind of speaks to the idea of being versatile and being the, the person who gets called to do this. So, you know, you want a drummer who can play soca 
and bossa nova and funk, call this person, you know, or you want someone who can play anything, call that person. You want a singer who can sing in any style from country to folk music, call this singer, you know? Um, so that's one thing that I always like is to, to say to people is try to be as versatile as possible and really just know not only your instrument, but know a bunch of styles. I mean, you can always specialize, you know, I, I specialize in jazz. There's no two ways about it. I have a degree in it, you know, but, but I can also, if somebody needs someone to sing something with more of a country edge, I can do it. If you need more of a rock edge or, you know, a soulful edge, I can do it. And I'd like to think that maybe that makes me a more versatile vocalist. And so that's sort of what I always try to, to, to uh, instill in people that I work with, particularly young singers, is, is to, you know, not only be able to do it, but also to know a little bit about the music and to know what the sound is and what the feel is and, and to be able to do that, but then also be able to, you know, create your own unique voice. And maybe you're going to take elements of all those different styles and bring it together into your sound. And that creates then the you that stands out from everybody else. So, you know, that, that, that idea. And, and just the idea of just being true to the style, you know, don't try to sing opera the same way that you would sing gospel, the same way that you would sing musical theater, you know, try to, try to make them all sound authentic. Now, with this authenticity and, and this sort of grind for artists, I'm curious about when do you say, like, okay, the, this is a success, and, and what is success to you? I'm curious, like, I love hearing the different perspectives on what people need or to feel or have before they say, mm. I'm successful. Um, so where, where is that for you? You know, I mean... It's funny because there's always there's always another wall that you're trying to, to climb over, you know, or another hill you got to get to the top of. And so, success is a weird thing for some people. It's for some people it's a Juno nomination, and there's a large part of me that thinks that this has been. I mean, to be honored in this way by people in the industry who listen to countless things that are submitted every year, and and, and then they they narrow it down to five, and they go, "You five, you're." worthy of this, you know? So that is, is a point of success for me. Um, at the same time, you know, I was literally going over things last night and trying to put together a plan for the next few years. And you put together this plan thinking, okay, so I'm going to try to do some touring in Canada. Or we might try to do some shows in the States and in Europe. And then you think, wow, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years and I still haven't toured Europe or, or the U.S., you know? So there's that degree if you want to consider that a type of success, I have not yet achieved that. And then there's the fact that, thank God, I wake up every morning and I have a roof over my head and I can pay my mortgage and I, you know, I can, I, I have a car that I, that I can use when I need it and, you know, I have my health and, 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 and I'm still working in the business and paying my bills by doing something in the business and that's a success. So, I mean, to me, for me, I think being able to say, yes, I make a living as an artist working in the music or the entertainment industry. To me, being able to make that living to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm thank God, I'm blessed enough to, to pay bills and, and make, you know, survive on that. That to me is a sign of success. And then the Juno nomination on top of it, that's a huge thing. And if I do get to do those shows, then that, you know, that would just be even more icing on the cake. Well, Heather, I think definitely you should be quite proud of the Juno nomination, and it's good to see that the hunger is, is still there, and every day you're striving for something more. I think those are the best kind of artists that are always reaching for something more, and that's what helps us expand the music industry in general. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. You know, I mean, I I, I appreciate that, and and yeah, I think you do. Once once you stop doing this, then you know, once you stop being hungry, you want to keep doing it, and you know, and then I think it's time to get out of it. So, fortunately, I haven't I haven't hit that. I'm still still kind of going. All right, now what? That's good. I'm right there with you. I totally see you. Yeah, I mean, you know what it's like. You just you this you you're chosen for this. You just want to keep doing it. You know, you, you have that hunger. Exactly. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. Um, I'm really excited to share this with everyone. If you are listening to this, please check out heatherbambrick.ca for everything you need to know about the artist and what is coming up with her. And I look forward to seeing you at the Juno Awards and wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Dre. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the support.